dinosaurs. Hey, you like Pez? It looks like that has Heaney from the boundary line. He's an expert at these. Hello and welcome to Behind the Boundary Podcast. I'm your host, Pez. I'm here with Sauce and this is one of our favourite weekends of footy. We have preliminary finals coming up Friday night and Saturday night. Two of the biggest games of the season and they are going to be great contests, Sauce. Yeah, Pez, it's uh, great to be here because you are correct. It is one of the great spectacles of the AFL season. It is the fans' grand final, Pez. It is electric. You and I have been to so many prelims over the years where our teams have been there, when our teams haven't been there. It is a great spectacle, and it's really, really good for you know football that both prelim finals, no matter where they're being played, are going to have home or they're going to have crowds and you know to be able to celebrate the great game that we have and an amazing final series already. Yeah, and that's a big thing to have crowds. How good was it uh, last week, a one-point game, Brisbane versus the Western Bulldogs with a crowd there at the end? And even uh, round 23, Brisbane Lions versus uh, West Coast when they had a packed house there. The the atmosphere, and you're not there, but it actually feels more like football than an empty stadium in uh, lonely Victoria at the moment. We were just talking about it then, Pez. Uh, Geelong on their social media had uh, the boys in the race before the GWS game, and you can hear the excitement uh, in Jeremy Cameron's voice. He actually mentions, you can hear it's like, how good's footy with a crowd? Like, the, the players want it. It makes football better viewing on the screen, better than the little button and the, and the sound reports with the, the fake boos and the fake cheers that they couldn't work out. And, Pez, it's, it, yeah, it just reminds you why we love, love football and why it's so good to be there. And, and, Pez, we actually, the last game you and I went together, was uh, Melbourne Geelong back in uh, round three? <laughs> yeah, uh, round three uh, was a long time ago and the few games that we did get to in Victoria this season. But um, you're, I guess you're hoping not for a repeat of that day. Uh, no, I'll take uh, any other year's result against Melbourne, not this, not this, any of the performances this year, Pez. Uh, you know, what I would love to see is that you obviously can't go around and go to the pub or anything, but I would love to see you and the three Melbourne blokes that's sitting behind you that day on a Zoom call watching the pre-league final. That'd be, that'd be great. No chance, Pez. Uh, I think we actually spoke about it on the show. They were absolute flogs. And uh, even you had a couple of uh, times, Pez, where you turned around and were sort of giving them a bit of stick. Uh, but then uh, it got to the third quarter, Pez, and uh, Melbourne kicked away, and we just focused on the beers from there. <laughs> Uh, I don't, I don't think you remember it as clear as I because I was, I was giving them a little bit of ammunition, and I was. Uh, I remember uh, exactly, Pez. Agreeing with them, uh, just so I could get under your skin, sore. So that it was didn't, uh, didn't work, Pez. Didn't work, Pez. And who would have known oh. then that that we were looking at a, a, a you know a eventual prelim final and potentially one of the premiers. Yeah, well, we wouldn't have known then, and one of those teams is going to play in the grand final, and that's what's so good about this weekend. Usually it's a majority of supporters at the game and you you don't know what's going to happen over Western Australia and uh, Adelaide Oval is going to be the majority Port Adelaide, obviously. But you don't know what's going to happen over in Western Australia at the moment. But uh, I guess if they were playing at the MCG, you've got full-on Melbourne, Geelong, packed house, ready to go. We don't have that, but I'm sure the Western Australians over there We'll take this opportunity and, and pack that house, and the atmosphere will be amazing. It's incredible, Pez. Uh, from all reports, the game in you know the of two teams that aren't actually two you know neutral teams are playing there sold going to be sold out from all regards. I had uh, two people actually contact me from Western Australia that I hadn't spoken to in 
a long time going, uh, I know that you're a Geelong member. Um, did you get a, a barcode for the game? And I'm like, no, I don't live in Perth. <laughs> but uh, it sounds like it's a hot commodity over there, Bears, trying to get tickets for this game. And it's uh, it's going to be an amazing spectacle. And it's really good for Western Australian football. It's really good for SBS Stadium, you know, one of our favourite stadiums across the across the world, Pez. And it's, it's also good because it, it gives us a little bit of a preview, a sneak preview of what it's going to be like the week after at a controversial time, Pez. The seven fifteen time slot uh, at uh, the grand final. Yeah, it's weird. We uh, it looks like we have the the bye week as well, and I, I think oh, I read yeah. somewhere that the, the Brownlow Medal is on a on a Sunday night or um, late Sunday as well, which is pretty strange. Uh, but yeah, a five fifteen time slot in Western Australia, but seven fifteen over on the Eastern Seaboard. So we're in for a, a late grand final. All those people wanting a you know twilight slash night grand final. Uh, they're going to get their wish in terms of time, but it's still going to be uh, a little bit of, of daytime at the start of the grand final, and then it will build uh, to under lights a little bit later over in Western Australia. Well, what's your thoughts on the, the nighttime time slot, Pez? Uh, obviously, we witnessed it last year in Brisbane, um, the, the full night grand final. We're getting sort of a, a late evening, a sunset final. I think by halftime, it'll be, it'll be you know, properly into the night there. Well, what, what's your thoughts on it, Pez? Uh, I'm a traditionalist, so I would prefer the the other way. But uh, these times, we just I just want to have footy, and uh, it'll be it sucks that I've got to wake up on that Saturday and wait all day till seven fifteen. There'll be uh, lots of coverage on, I'm sure, on the on the TV. But um, I don't know what time to to crack the first one open that day because you've got to be able to make it. Yeah, Pez, it is a it is one of the it's a marathon, not a sprint that day uh, for sure. At the best of times, and with the latest start, it definitely, definitely is going to be a marathon. But I think uh, I'm much with the same Pez, not because of the traditionalist aspect, but one of my favourite things to watch after the grand final is the celebrations, the interactions with the crowd. This final's going to finish at like 10 o'clock. Well, I think last year it finished at 10.30. That was with shortened quarters. You don't get to see all the aftermath, you know, leading into them, walking around, going to Crown to get, you know, their, their medals and stuff. You don't get all those little, you know, snippets through the news throughout the thing as they've sort of exposed and they've had, you know, the classic of, you know, Jack Rewalt going up on stage and having a bit of a sing. You don't get the, the classics of them going through the streets. You don't get to see that with a, such a late final. No, and I think uh, if you go to a grand final as well, um, you want to have that time to, to soak it all up in, in the daytime when you walk out of it and mm-hmm. you've got the atmosphere around you. I've uh, been unlucky in terms of all the grand finals I've been to have either been uh, losses or draws, but you still uh, you know, appreciate that time afterwards when you're, you're walking back either to the train station or finding the car and uh, you've just got people around you. You've got people that are shattered and you've got people who are ecstatic, like it's the best thing that's ever happened in their lives. So uh, that's the contrast between the, the two supporters there. Yeah, it is, Pez, and uh, that, that's one of my favourite, one of my favourite memories uh, of actually being at the grand final and seeing Geelong beat Collingwood one year. Exactly what you said, we spent, um, it was about an hour and a half after the game, after they've sung the, the song a thousand times and getting the, you know, the medallion medals, they've gone around and the, the crowd starts to empty out and I'm walking back to the train station to... You know, debate with my mate whether we're going to kick on or not. And we made friends with some Geelong people. I ended up at some random's house in Geelong that night. Uh, caught the train home with uh, all these Geelong folk and uh, had a very, very boozy night uh, in Geelong. And it was fantastic. And it definitely wouldn't have happened if it was 11 o'clock at night. Pez, there's no chance I'm making it through. Uh, didn't get much sleep as it was. But uh, one of the great memories that I think, you know, for, for fans who are going to be at the grand final, it, it's going to be lost a little bit. 
yeah, uh, but, you know, we've got to, I guess, consider ourselves lucky to actually be having a grand final and it's going to go ahead and uh, we've only got three games of football left source and I can't wait to get into it and uh, dissect it with a, with a fine-tooth comb a, a little bit later in our show today and uh, it's going to be uh, very good. There's been other news and the news that we uh, spoke about on Monday was the Lockie Neal thing and I was saying, you know, he needs to stay and go around another thing and I'm pretty sure he listened to the show because he's he's turned around today and said, you know what, we'll, we'll sort it out with the support of the family and it is been hard, has been hard through COVID, so I have had these discussions, but he's going to stay another year and give it another crack. Yeah, I was a bit disappointed in Lockie Neal that he didn't uh, quote the show and because that's exactly the advice we gave him and, you know, it's it's it's, it's the right advice, Pez. We said that, you know, for what Brisbane needs to do is go to Lockie Neal and say, hey, give, me, give us one more year. Give us one more year and... You know, if if we can't do it next year, we're, we're, we've got our trajectory, we're heading towards a premiership, then you know what, you can go, but give us one more year, Pez, and, that, and that's what he's doing. He's given them one more year, and he doesn't want to go at the moment. Hopefully that uh, premiership window doesn't close. Yeah, I think uh, the culture of that club and the, the relationships there, I know uh, family comes first, and that's why, you know, he was considering that decision of going back home and being around all family members, especially during this a tough time with uh, COVID and the pandemic on going on during the world. But uh, I think the culture and relationships within that club, uh, he found it really, really tough to be able to make that decision. And he he's worked around that to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to change things up. I'm going to either relocate family members or get some support here, do whatever I need to do to stay at this club because I want to hold up the Premiership Cup and I want to be wearing a Brisbane Lions jumper, not any other club. Yeah, and we've seen clubs do this, Pez. You know, and that's all Brisbane needed to do is say, hey, give us one more year. We will provide you all the support that you need. We'll fly people over. We'll put them up. We'll give you, you know, extra this, this and that. And the same similar to what Geelong did with Tim Kelly. Give us another shot. And if you can't get it done, then then off you go. And then that's fine. But, uh, you know, I think, Pez, you are right. It speaks true to the, the culture at the Brisbane Lions. And we've spoken about this over the last couple of years of what they're building there. And uh, it, it's good to, for them, their first sort of, you know, chance of someone walking out the door that they're able to retain them. And that shows a lot for those younger kids too, saying, you know what? He, you know, he wanted to go and he's put us above the family. So that's a really big motivator for next year. Yeah, I think I'll... You know, I'm going to have a really hard decision at the end of this season as well because I've had a lot of uh, phone calls and DMs from other other podcasts and uh, I'm just uh, weighing up my options at the moment, Source, with contract talks. So uh, see, see what the manager and the, the people say here at Behind the Boundary and see if they can keep me on next season. I'll tell you what, Pez, I hope it's the same manager that's uh, organising the media because uh, we'll be right, Pez. <laughs> your, your media manager won't be able to get that deal done at all, so you'll be stuck with that. Uh, not stuck with us. You'll be where, where you belong, Pez, where your roots are, and you know, and there's no place like home, Pez. Behind the boundary, you know, we go back to the cheeky punt, Pez. We've got history. There's no chance you're leaving us. Well, we're speaking about the cheeky punt source. We did have a cheeky punt, as we always do, on our, on our footy, and uh, we'll have to review our performance in the semi finals. Soft review. There's no official review. How does it end? We don't know. They kind of lost, but they won as well. Oh, Pez, I hope that wasn't your way of uh, dropping some a bombshell, Pez. Uh, I much preferred it when you uh, spoke in riddles, and uh, don't scare me like that. So please tell me it's not true. <laughs> oh, well, we'll have to wait and see. To the, at the end of the year, there might be a big off-season announcement. But uh, As long as I don't see we'll a, a big uh, suitcase emoji at the end of the year, Pez, and a jet. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'll be safe, but uh, make sure you hang around, Pez. <laughs> Oh, well, uh, I'll see what um, we've got to offer here at Behind the Boundary. But uh, 
semi-finals saw. So it was uh, a good round. We did our preview earlier in the week, our review earlier in the week of the games. Now this is our review of how we went in the round. So betting structure always a little bit different. Uh, don't know if we always follow the rules, but we've got around five or six bets, maybe seven bets, depending if you put a live bet down or what. It started off with Geelong beating uh, the GWS Giants in the semi-final on the Friday night. Yeah, and this sort of went to plan with what we, we previewed before the game and what we said was going to happen, Geelong being the stronger team, uh, GWS challenging for some parts there. We both uh, really loved the line there, and uh, I had a three-league same-game multi-pairs. Um, Geelong at the line, minus 16.5. Cameron Gutham to get his 20, and Mitch Duncan to get his 20. Had the max stake on that. That was money for VBs early in the week, pairs, and Dill would be very happy because that uh, saluted, and I had 114 bucks coming back my way. Uh, and then, Pez, I had my other little same-game multi. Uh, just a little three-legger, quarter-time line, minus three-and-a-half, Geelong half-time leader, and Geelong three-quarter-time leader, getting that little bit of extra value, that 225 with uh, compared to the leave wire-to-wire, Pez. So I was looking really, really Mickey Mouse, cherry ripe, and then I was a little bit disappointed in my next bet, Pez, my cheeky, which looked amazing value early on. Brandon Parfitt had a shot at goal and missed it, uh, and then unfortunately went off with a um, a hamstring injury. And then as the game followed on, Sam Managola scored a goal and Brad Close scored two. So my uh, lucky, which is a new addition this year, Sportsbet actually voided my bet because he went off as the medical sub. Yeah, um, a bit strange. I don't never remember reading an announcement or anything with that, no. but there was a lot of complaints on social media with people saying, oh, my player's been injured in the first quarter, my multi's dead, and... Uh, sports bet have actually gone, you know what, we're making so much money from people on these same-game multis. If a player goes off injured, we'll just uh, avoid their bet, give them their money back, and they'll uh, put it back into us on another ridiculous bet the week after. Yeah, I can tell you what, Pez, I much would have preferred uh, the Parfit to stay on and kick a goal rather than the void, but I'll take that, Pez, because what it does mean, it means no money spent and no loss for me during that uh, little bit. Yeah, and uh, it's, you know, the listeners of the show will always know when Geelong have a have a win, Source is always going to have, you know, a little bit of money coming back in because he's always got a little bit of a little bit of a hand in the cookie jar when Geelong are playing. Mate, when now, Geelong has been up and about as well as my <laughs> team is going and made 16 of the past 17 final series, why wouldn't you be betting on the horse that always comes in, mate? That, so that's, that's just common sense. It's got nothing to do no, with me we'll, being a Geelong supporter or not. It's good football betting. Look, so I'm tipping if Geelong were 14th, you're betting on them every single week, all right? So, I'll never know, mate. Right, let's, <laughs> let's have a look at mine. You said uh, we we agreed on the line, which we did. I had uh, same game multi, minus 16 and a half. Duncan to get his 20 and Jeremy Cameron to kick two plus goals. Now, you said your money for BBs was pretty good. Uh, did you have Mitch Duncan in that as well? Because oh, he did, gave mate. me a bit of a scare. He, he gave everyone get, a scare. Uh, <laughs> he needed to get a hell, a, lot of, hell of a lot of the pill in the fourth quarter, but he came up with 20 disposals, so that was good. Uh, $25 returning, 71 there. My second bet was a bonus from the week before, which I staked on uh, the Cats to lead every quarter, wire to wire at $2.30. So I got my thirty two fifty back then. And then before the game, I had a look source. I, I heard uh, on the radio that I was listening to, Jesse Hogan laid out. What did we say in the preview? The only way that GWS can win is to dominate in the midfield and then Jesse Hogan to be taking contested marks up forward to open that up for them to kick some goals. The line went out to minus 18 and a half, so he only lost two points and Jesse Hogan was out. So I thought, I'm, I'm putting the max on this and I'm tweeting that out because I uh, put the max on that, Geelong minus 18 and a half, and 
uh, it was really good because uh, it got another tick. So I had, a, I had a ripper Friday night as well. Yeah, ripper Friday night pairs. And the benefits of listening to the radio and hearing those laid out, uh, because not only does uh, not always the betting market adjusts too, too rapidly, like obviously one player out of the 22 is out, um, but a big player like that, like we said, that's a huge swing and it probably should have uh, lifted. I can't believe it stayed at 16.5 up until that announcement, though, Pears. I, I, was, I was shocked with that. Uh, so funny things happen in finals, but it was a great live bet on your behalf. Yeah, you jumped on earlier in the week because you messaged me and you were like, well, what's going on here? And you were scared that it was going to blow out past 20 points. And, I can't believe it didn't. Uh, it, it didn't. So uh, there you go. But the next game source was the thriller the one point thriller where the bulldogs got over the brisbane lions uh and we had a couple of bets on that i might start uh this one i had my same game multi i didn't have the result in here uh i had jared Lyons to get 20 charlie cameron to kick two plus goals he kicked three in the first quarter <laughs> and zach bailey anytime goal scorer he kicked two behinds to start off with and then he got two goals after that and one really important goal that didn't end up being so important because they lost but uh, an absolute ripper uh, to draw the game in that fourth quarter late as well. My other bet, I had Tom Libertore to get 20-plus, McCluggage to get 20-plus, and uh, Brisbane won to 39, which obviously they didn't win. Uh, so that bonus bet did not get up, unfortunately. No, Pez, and that was the story of my bet, Pez. I had one bet, and it was a bonus bet, max 50 from the week before. I had Brisbane 1 to 39, and if that gets up, Pez, I would have had a perfect round because the other bet I had was just a little um, little multi, Geelong and Brisbane both to win. So that's uh, two crosses for me, Pez, but only 25 bucks uh, lost in that one. So obviously would have much preferred the uh, the cash in the in the pocket, but you know what? Escaping with a 25 buck uh, loss for the round is not too bad after all. That would have been another $111.30 source, just pure profit there. Uh, that would have been big. It would have been, but uh, not to be, Pez. I'm Not sure there's be, a lot of Brisbane Lion fans that wouldn't have minded uh, Cameron to get a hold of that uh, run in the last quarter and snag a little uh, a goal, but uh, not to be. I've seen I've seen that so many times, and how Charlie Cameron didn't get that with his pace. Um, Taylor Jeray uh, played very very well in that uh, singular certain situation. But Pez, how many times have you seen that same situation and Jeray go to the floor? Like he goes to the ground a lot as a defender. And it was like the first time I've seen him in a long time hold his ground against a, a much elite player. And it was the one time where I'm like, you bastard. <laughs> like, <laughs> you bastard. He's done well. Probably comes with experience. Now, my other one, I thought it was looking good at, at the start, but Cam Guthrie let me down in, in the first day. I had my big seven-leg same-game multi, which uh, didn't end up winning. And uh, I had Trelaw to get 20-plus, who hardly touched the pillow that Saturday night. And Dan and her to kick two goals. He only got one with about six disposals. And... Uh, the other one that lost was Guthrie, uh, didn't get the most disposal. But everything else got up on that first night. I was I was looking good. I was like, Guthrie, where are you? Didn't happen. And uh, that $10 cheeky got the cross. But um, we had a we had a good round because I staked $110. I returned $250. So I had a, a plus ROI of 127.27%, which source, very exciting stuff. Staked $4,810 for the year, returned $5,293.67. And I've broken again the 10% barrier. I'm back. You're back, Pez. You're back. Very uh, no-dunksy there with Trey. You're back. 
and loving seeing you above 10% Pez. And uh, for me, it's for me a territory, really, for me being above 10%. But I'll go through my round anyway. Uh, so for the semifinals round, I staked $100 and returned $172.25. Gives me an ROI of a pretty straightforward one, Pez. Even with my basic math skills, I could work that one out. It's you can work that out. 72.25%. <laughs> Beautiful ROI for that. That means for the year, Pez staked $4,270 and returned $5,000. $28.29 with an ROI pairs, 17.75% and honing in on that 20 and this is the week pairs, this is the week I'm going to get the big 20 and uh, another another big off season for us. It's a week you're going to get the 20. If you are going to get to 20, I know one thing does need to happen, Geelong need to win. So well, maybe not. Uh, that's, de- maybe not. <laughs> that's definitely one thing. Um, we speak emojis all the time and uh, what do you think of the emojis this week? I love it, Pez, because yours is combining with mine. Cool. I'm cool as a cucumber. Is that what it is, yeah. a cucumber? <laughs> that's, that's exactly what it is, and that's why the little cucumber came out. So, you know, you're just cruising along. You're 72% in the round. Very, very good. And my 127%, put the sunglasses on, went outside. It's sunny in spring now and just going, yep, I've got the hotel there. I that's not actually a hotel, Pez. And- I've got a bone to pick you with this one. That's a hospital. You got the hospital so there. To, <laughs> open up your messages. That's a hospital. It's got a love heart on top. O- open up your messages. <laughs> no. Grab your little emoji thing and write hotel, and that will come up. What do you mean? It's it's got a heart. A, a hospital has a cross, mate. Yeah, well, a that's, red cross, not a heart. Yeah, well, that well, this is a more positive one. This this is not the one focused on death. <laughs> this is the hospital you want to go to. This is where you go to get resurrected, Pez. Not 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 the other one with the cross where it's a game over. Hey, it's, it's a hotel with a heart on it. You know, a little bit of hanky panky goes on inside this hotel. So <laughs> do you want to uh, borrow the cucumber yeah. from Martin? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's not the red cross like the thing. But uh, there we go. I didn't I didn't know those uh, emojis would create that little conversation. So uh, yeah, a little bit of fun. Who would have thought we'd be talking about the hanky panky and cucumber? And then love and love and crosses, Pez. So uh, ooh, we oh, might, might be time to good. move on and, and preview a massive, massive game, Pez. Or is that what you want to do, Pez? Or do you want to talk to the specials first? How do you want to run this? Well, hit that bet slip button and then we'll have a look at the specials. The fact that the size of the bets was relatively small. Our bets with an opportunity about 50 metres out. I was with a mate and... Um, we were getting, getting sort of ready to leave and he, he said, um, I think I'm going to whack 10 on, on Maxi. Do you want do you want some as well? And I, I said, Oh, yes! 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 Oh, Pez. Oh, there's only one more of those we're going to hear for the year, Pez. Only one more, which means we're in prelims and I'm pretty excited to hear the specials, Pez. Takes a special and goes bang. I was going to say uh, it could could have been more than one source if we had a draw in the grand final, but they uh, had to change that rule. So uh, you are correct with uh, only one more week to go after this. But we'll probably hear that bet slip surely if we get a get a Brownlow show. So that just. That just gave it away that we might not do one. No, no, no. We're going to do it. Actually, that's my error. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my period. Oh, I'm going to post the correction. We're definitely getting a Brandlow show this year. <laughs> so you'll hear it two more times. It's the last time, the second last time you hear it for a game. There you go, Pez, for the and games. With your with your Brett Betsley for the Brownlow, I've already got my emoji, a little little picture of uh, Han Solo. <laughs> Why is that? Why is that? Pez? Because you're going to be you want to be riding solo in that Brownlow show, <laughs> <laughs> especially if they're running it on a Sunday night, Pez. <laughs> 
Um, all right, let's get into these specials. Sports bet. They've got the same game multi-saver. So three to four legs, one leg fails, money back. Five to six legs, two legs fails, money back. Seven plus legs, up to three fail, uh, money back. And you can do up to three matches per round. Uh, tab, same game multi-special, all games. Well, there's only two. Um, three plus legs and one fails. They've also, you will not believe what Tab have this week, Source. They've got lead at halftime but lose. AFL finals head-to-head specials on all games. Bonus bet back up to 50 bucks. Venue exclusive. And Pez, I've checked the Tab near my place. Not open, not essential. Oh, it's, it's closed, is it? It's closed, so it's uh, not valid in Melbourne, Pez. And uh, what, uh, a, what, a, what a tease Tab is. What a tease, you know, especially what they could have done is also offered free beer. And that would have been the biggest tease because uh, it's just not fair. It's not fair. It, it would have been better if they said um, yeah, free beer from midday to midnight at all tab venues and then uh, <laughs> just only only in Victoria. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, then it's closed. That'd be good. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Ladbrokes coming to the party this week. AFL finals, three plus league, same game multi, up to 50 bucks cash back. But you can use the odds boost as well, the odds boost function. So their counterpart in Ned's already were doing it. And now Ladbrokes are doing it as well. So you can get per day four, um, four boosts where you can get your, your same game money back. So you can get two on Ladbrokes and two on Neds. They've got the $2 lines. We said Neds have the price boost, same game multis. They've got the $2 lines. And that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote, Pez. That's super exciting. All right, the way this is going to work, Pez, we will go through the game in terms of its betting, the odds, the total over-under, as we always do, and then get into an in-depth preview of how both teams can win it and what the, what's, what we think is going to happen in this game. We start things off, as we said, first versus fourth, Pez. <sighs> what an exciting... No, it's not even first versus fourth anymore, is it? Well, is it? I, I guess with the teams dropping out... I guess that's how it finishes up with the prelim. But originally, it is first place, second. Melbourne taking on Geelong, $1.50 favourites for the Ds, and Geelong trying to upset Melbourne at $2.60. The line is 11.5 pairs, and the over-under total game points is 151.5 pairs. What unfolds in this absolute ripper of a game? Well, what unfolds, you've got uh, Brandon Parfitt, who, who goes out injured source, so uh, they'll lose that. The Medisub stays in there. Uh, James Jordan, who, who was the Medi sub last week, uh, he, he goes out. Joel Smith, injured during the week. But in comes Michael Hibbard, so uh, an experienced uh, player down there. So he, so he comes back in. And this game, I don't think you can take anything away from the, the first two meetings this year in round three and round 23. Uh, the coaches were, you know, playing with each other and had a little bit of uh, things going on. I'm sure Chris Scott didn't mean to give up a massive lead, but if he does not have a plan B and a plan C going into this one, there has to be something wrong. Uh, their defence looks really, really good with Zach Tui back in the side source. So him being across half back, I, I think uh, him with Henry, Henry's aerialist skills as well, able to stop up there. But Melbourne, they're super dangerous because they move the ball so quickly and they're so accurate through the middle of the ground source that it doesn't matter. They don't need that big, bustling, leading key forward. They can get goals from anywhere. They're smalls, they're talls, they're midfield. So they've got so many avenues, and Geelong will need to work really, really hard on their pressure up the ground to be able to stop the ball coming in there. Going down the other end, Melbourne have one of the best defences. You've got Stephen May, you've got Jake Lever, um, and then you've got Salem, who's running off that halfback with that beautiful left 
left boot as well. So Geelong need to be really careful not to bomb the ball in too high, not to kick the ball anywhere near Jake Lever, which is what they did in round 23, and he was just intercept after intercept. So wherever Jake Lever is, someone take him out or someone take him off the contest because he's going to try and float off his opponent and get in front of Hawkins or get in front of whoever else and, and try and intercept that ball. So you've got to keep the ball away from him. You've got to keep the ball low. You don't want to be bombing it up. So so they're the two kind of contrasting ways of how the teams get it inside their forward 50. Yeah, I think you made some really good points there in terms of Melbourne's midfield. And uh, Chris Scott already came out during the week and said it's, uh, that he trusts the midfield. He's not going to worry about uh, Melbourne's midfield and he's just going to be worrying about uh, themselves. And, and I don't think that's the right way, Pez, because as you said, they win the ball, they, they go up the guts, they're extremely accurate with that you know, that game by foot and they really set themselves up. So I think that's going to be a key part of that fast-paced movement. And we saw in that fourth quarter when Melbourne came back from 44 points down at Kandinia Park, that that was the pivotal part of it. They're high risk, high reward, moving the ball fast, hitting targets, and they really exposed Geelong. In that game, they didn't have Zach Tui at the back there playing defence, but Pez, he doesn't really play that role. So he, they are going to be relying on two contrasting games of football. Geelong, if they're going to win, they're going to have to go back to their slowing the game down. They're going to have to free up those forwards and ensure that they've learnt lessons, not only from round you know, 23 pairs against Melbourne, but also the first final. Because Aaliyah Aaliyah plays a very similar sort of role and he absolutely towed Geelong up there. So Geelong are going to have to hopefully adjust their structure. And I say hopefully because a Geelong fan. Uh, you know, <laughs> and as a football fan, you want it to be a better contest and you know, not a... Not a, a thumping. Hopefully they can adjust that forward structure. They've got the two-headed monster there. I'm not going to say the three-headed monster because Gary Rohan's been a little bit out of form there, but it's going to be a, you know a bit of a challenge for them because Pez, Joel Smith is a big out and I think it's really understated because he plays that sort of role that can be, you know, he's got that versatility to, to quite a big body. He can run. He can play on the big play, big players. He can play on the small players. And you're bringing in, um, uh, you know, Michael Hibbard, a veteran. Yes, a veteran, but I don't know if he's going to be, you know, be exposed back there because he hasn't had the game time. He doesn't fit into this uh, this this backline structure. But it's going to be a really really interesting matchup, Bez. Oh, it is, and uh, you speak about Gary Rowan, and I think he is one of the keys to Geelong's success because uh, you got Hawkins and Cameron, but you've also got Stephen May and Jake Lever there. So, mm-hmm. who is that third player that's going to stand up? Is Radaglia going to stand up, take a couple of contested marks? You don't think so because you don't want them kicking the ball in in long. He's been really good, Radaglia, at getting to the contest of bringing the ball to ground. And sometimes, you know, he's been able to take some really good marks. But Gary Rowan is one. He needs to use his pace. He needs to get out the back. He needs to get on the lead. And he's a beautiful set shot at goal within about 40 metres. So uh, getting him the footy up in the forward line would be ideal. But uh, they've got to be able to do it. Max Gorn is a big key in this game, Source. Uh, Geelong's weakness has always been in the ruck. And, you know, we've seen ruckmen like uh, Oscar McInerney last week dominate in the ruck and not have a massive impact uh, in the game. So can Geelong have Max Gorn dominate in the ruck, but, you know, curtail his impact by the Geelong midfield actually winning the clearances and, and getting the ball going forward and not letting Max Gorn float back with Jake Lever and take those intercept marks? 
Yeah, Pez, it's really interesting you say that because, um, you know, I know that when Reece Stanley, obviously being Geelong's Ruckman, was really, really, th- his game was torn apart last time against Melbourne and mainly for the way that he didn't float back and he allowed Max Gorn to take that match-winning mark. But if you actually watch the game, he actually competed quite well with Max Gorn in terms of getting around the ground, getting to most of those contests. He wasn't obviously winning the hitouts and he wasn't winning the hitouts to advantage, but he was putting, um, you know, a good stop to Max Gorn for three and a half quarters obviously got obviously got exposed in that last that last play and got absolutely scrutinized for it but he's going to play a pivotal role in not beating Max Gorn because he, he doesn't need to beat Max Gorn because if you spend all the effort trying to beat him you're going to lose all you've got to do is try and contain with him around the ground and you know stop him from getting back and taking those intercept marks make sure that you're contesting every single position that possession that he's there and having a body on him and I think that Reece Stanley has the tank to do it don't know if he's got the strength Pez but that is going to be absolutely pivotal if Geelong have any shot of beating Melbourne. Oh, yeah, 100%. There's so many great matchups around the ground, so many superstars uh, within the two teams. We get to see Petrarca in a preliminary final. Uh, it's just super exciting to see. You get to see Dangerfield, who hasn't had the best final series so far. He's been kept a little bit quiet. He had DeBoer on him last week, and no one ever wants to play against DeBoer because he always does a good job. But I think Dangerfield's a really big part of, you know, getting into that midfield, putting in some ball and getting the ball uh, and getting it out to to someone to kick it inside 50. You want um, Duncan, you want Guthrie, uh, you want Isaac Smith, you want those sorts of players kicking it inside the forward 50 source. Yeah, you're right, Pez. And in, in the contrasting view, you need to have big players from you know big game from your big players. And last week, Melbourne came to the show. You know, Oliver was fantastic, Salem was fantastic, Petrarca, and that's what Geelong has lacked over the last couple of years in finals. Those big name players stepping up when it matters. And I'm not talking, you know, the the second week of the finals in prelim finals, the big players, the big names stepping up. You need. Dangerfield to have about 25, 30, and a couple of snags. You need you know, Joel Selwood to have 20. You need all these other lesser heroes, Guthrie to have his 30, Mitch Duncan to have 25, and you know, absolutely destroying the tackles. You need Zach Tui to have a game like he did last week. A lot of things have to go right for the Cats to win this, Pez. They almost have to play perfect football because, as you said, They've got an advantage in terms of you know their forward and, and the way that they play a slow, bustling football. And the one team, the one team this year that has the list to compete with that, and actually, you know, when you put the two lists up together in game styles, Melbourne dominate that, and that's why they need to play perfect football. And I hope they can do it, Pez, but I'm a little bit doubtful whether they can. Look, I was saying I'm super excited about this one. I don't want either side to win, um, <laughs> but because uh, I don't want any of them to play in the grand final, but. These are uh, two really good sides uh, to watch. And Melbourne obviously have really surprised me this uh, season and uh, with a lot of lesser names. I don't know how, how much experience is going to play a role because Geelong, much more experienced when it comes to big finals and elimination finals uh, in, in terms of uh, against Melbourne because the only player on Melbourne's list to actually have won a prelim, I think, is uh, Jake Lever, if I'm, if I'm not wrong. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to tell you that. It's been, been a long time since any any of them uh, would even get close. So probably Simon Goodwin, maybe <laughs> he might be the no, only Simon, one. <laughs> Simon Goodwin, get it, get out of it with him. But um, yeah, really big battle. Really looking forward to it. And uh, surely you're going going for Geelong in your bets in this one. I'm in two minds, Pez. I've, I've actually officially on the show. I don't think I'm going to be putting money on Geelong. 
uh, because I am all about the profit. I have put a bet down on them and I've got the odds here and I'm still debating whether I'm going to use it or not, Pez. But uh, I'll, I'll go through with what I'm going anyway for the bets. For the first one I'm going, Pez, I like what you said about the the um, the forward battle and I think that's really, really pivotal. I think you've got really good odds for either of Geelong's tall forwards to win the goal kicking because... Melbourne don't really have that, and we've seen the last couple of weeks, you know, Bailey Fritch has popped up here and there. You've had, um, you know, Ben Brown, when he was playing well, he sort of pops up. But I think last time they played, it was overstated how well Hawkins played, and he actually played a real pivotal role in Geelong's lead. He snagged four goals, so I'm going with that little hack that I said last time, Pez. Most goals, Tom Hawkins, you can get him at 450, 450, which is a bargain. Anytime goal scorer and Tom Hawkins to score two or more goals. I've put 25 on that, Pez, at 550. That's my first bet. And I think, uh, you know, all he needs to do is kick two goals and I get my money back. I think he's going to do that. I think that Geelong are going to restructure that forward line a little bit and they're going to use some of those other players to free him up because, as you said, Gary Rowan's got no one that really can play on him. They haven't got that third that third um, player in um, Joel Smith there that sort of helps create that. I think they can free him up, Pez. All right, well, there you go. And you haven't included uh, the Geelong win there, which is surprising. I've got a three-leg same-game multi uh, with, who is this, Nebs or Lads? They're the same, different colour. This is Ladbrokes, this one. Uh, I've got Zach Tui to get 20-plus disposals. I think he racks them up without Tom Stewart back there, like we saw last week. Cam Guthrie to have a huge run and have 25-plus disposals. And then Christian Salem to have 20-plus disposals because there are going to be times when Geelong bomb it in and what do Melbourne want to do? They want to get it in the hands of Christian Salem, running down the wing and delivering that ball. So 20-plus for him. Power boosted odds of $2.21. I'll put 25 on it. Yeah, Pez, I like that bet. I like the thinking behind it too. You know, Tui last week was fantastic. Guthrie, if Geelong are even going to get close, he needs to have a massive game. And we know that Melbourne don't really tag. And last time, you know, uh, Oliver had 37. Guthrie had 33. Uh, they, they just rack up the pill in there. They worry about themselves. I like that, Pez. And that's why I've gone on possessions bet, Pez, and I'm going to stick with the possessions bet. I'm not going to include Geelong in that, Pez. So that's a very first. Could be an omen because every other prelim I put them in there and we lose. So it could be an omen. <laughs> I've gone with a four-leg same-game multi with Neds. Sam Nagola to get 20 disposals. Zach Tui to get 20 disposals. Isaac Smith to get 20 disposals. And Cam Guthrie to get 20 disposals. I'm backing in that midfield, just like Chris Scott is, Pez. I've power boosted at $2.31, and I've put the max 50 on it. Max 50 on the disposals. There you go. You can still win that uh, if your team doesn't win. So uh, that's what you'll be hoping for either way. Uh, I've got a three-leg one with Neds this time. And I've gone an alternate total point source of over 130.5. So uh, a little bit little bit higher than I would have liked, but 130.5 gives me a little bit of value. And I've also gone an alternate total points of under 180.5. So the total score has to be between 131 points and 180 points there. And then I've put an alternate handicap of Geelong plus 27.5. And the only thing I'm worried about there is if Melbourne – you know, have a, a three-goal lead in that third quarter and Geelong drop their heads. You've seen in prelims before that the teams just don't put in that effort when they know that the game's dead late in the in the fourth quarter. So it could blow out a little bit further than that. But if Geelong can compete early on for the first uh, three quarters and possibly win the game source, that will be a, a nice little handicap there of plus 27.5. Power boosted, $2.09, uh, 25 on it. 
It is a little bit of a risky one, Pez, that, because as we know in prelims, you know, eight of the last 11 prelims have uh, start broken out in the fourth quarter or the third quarter, started with um, odds, sorry, odds, started with a uh, margin of about 11 and broken out to about the 33 and a half, 34 and a half mark. So what that's what ends up happening is in that fourth quarter, if it is close and you get back-to-back goals and it brings it open to that three or four goal mark, a lot of the teams are queued in the rack pairs and they just dominate because they know that their season over. So hopefully, pairs that isn't the case or hopefully it is the case and it's Geelong doing that, pairs and they kick away. So that's what we want, pairs for, for Geelong to get through. And I know that secretly, deep down, you do love the, the blue and white of the Cats. Uh, well, I wouldn't mind Melbourne not being in the grand final, but uh, beggars can't be choosers. Uh, now, before we get into the next game, Sauce, uh, really, really great preview of that one and, and some good insight um, to what was happening, what will be happening there. I think uh, we need to have a talk about our future bets because the future bet is going to be coming out of our ROI this week, Sauce, and I've got uh, Melbourne to be eliminated in the preliminary final. Now, I didn't think they were going to win the first week uh, and then they were going to win the second week and then lose the prelim, but not to be the case because they won that first week but if Geelong win, I've got $25 on Melbourne to be eliminated in the preliminary final weekend at $2.30. So we'll see what happens. That's a nice little collect there, Pez. Uh, and I'm actually hoping that I, I'm donating 25 to the cause because I've got uh, Oliver as most disposals throughout the whole uh, final series. And at the moment, he's sitting very nicely uh, in third place on 33 disposals, Pez. But... I don't know if he's going to get that up and about, so I'm hoping that actually loses this week because he only has the two games and Geelong goes through. Well, you've got McRae who's already played two games, Sauce, and he got 39 disposals against the Bulldogs uh, against the Brisbane Lions last he's week. He's sitting on 71. <laughs> 71 disposals, there you go, after two. So you really need him to lose. But even if he loses, he might have 30, and, and yeah. that might that bet might be done anyway. So you really want your bet to lose, but you want it to lose because... Uh, Oliver doesn't have a chance to play a third game. Yes, pretty much, Pez. I don't mind them when you don't mind losing bets when it means your team team wins, Pez. I've got a mate who every time his team plays, he puts fifty bucks on the other team so that he's happy either way. Because <laughs> he's you know he follows West Coast, so half the games are at home and he loses that, but the other half he wins. <laughs> oh well, you're putting fifty bucks down every day. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be disappointed sometimes when I when my team won. I mean, that's I would have what, lost that, 50 that, bucks. He's not like us, Pez. He's not a skilled punter and he doesn't track the ROI. He just, uh, I think that's the only bet he has, Pez. So, but, you, but you are were correct, Pez. That was a great analysis of the game. Some really, really good insights. And uh, I'm really well, he, f- he can't come on the cheeky punt because if I had to calculate his ROI over the years, <laughs> it might, not, might be uh, down in the dumps. He would be Pez. He would be down in the in the dumps, Pez. But uh, I'm going to take a low blow here. He's got a couple of premierships to uh, keep himself smiling for a little bit longer. Oh yeah, I'd I'd, uh, I'd be down in dumps too if my team could ever win a premiership. That'd be good. <laughs> All right, let's get on to the next one, Pez. This one is going to be an absolute cracker, and just like round twenty-three, we have the same matchup, Pez. And I don't know if we can read too much into the last one as well, because last time we had Port Adelaide dominate every single category, and they only scraped through in the end against Western Bulldogs in Adelaide. So. Port Adelaide taking on Western Bulldogs. This game is in Adelaide Oval again with a crowd. $1.40 favourites are the power. Two ninety eight outsiders are the Western Bulldogs. Minus 15.5 is the line. And the over-under total points is 156.5 pairs. This one is, uh, you know, been the, the talk of the week has been the Western Bulldogs injuries. Port Adelaide are going in unchanged. Tell us what we can expect from the wounded Bulldogs. 
Yeah, there's uh, a few interesting ones uh, going in in terms of uh, the ins and outs for this one. Yeah, there are, Pez, most definitely. There was um, a lot of injury clouds uh, through the week on um, Bontempelli. We had, obviously, um, you know, a lot of... He didn't play that last quarter. We had... Not the last quarter, last five minutes. Really concerned. He got through the training run, and he has been listed in the 22, but I think it would be still sort of scrutinised whether he's going to play or not, and going through a fitness test. Of course, you're going to try to name him, and if it's too bad, Pez... Surely you don't risk him for, for the longevity of his career. Um, I don't know. Surely, um, I, I think he's going to play. I, I think that's that's what's going to happen. Uh, he's going to be too proud not to play. Alex Keith, big injury uh, in the Bulldogs' defence, who's, who's going to be out. Cody Waitman as well, a little goal sneak up forward. He's got the uh, injury cloud there with the head knock or concussion, whatever we want to call it. And Lewis Young has been omitted. Because there is a big in. So Zane Cordy comes in to replace Alex Keith, But Stefan Martin, we spoke about him on uh, Monday night, I think it was. And he, he's back. The problem with that is he hasn't played any second-tier football. So no match fitness, just match simulation at training it would be. Sam Palpepper uh, omitted. It's got, but he'll be that uh, sub, how he got subbed on uh, for Fantasia in week one of the finals and came on and kicked two goals as well. So... Some big news going in. They want to be able to compete uh, in the ruck against Port Adelaide and, and Scotty Lysette down there. Now, interesting, we spoke about with Melbourne and Geelong. They played two times during the season. So did the Bulldogs and Port Adelaide. In round nine, the Bulldogs won by 19 points. It was a very comfortable win over at Adelaide Oval when Port Adelaide couldn't beat anyone inside the top eight. All right. We head over, um, I think it was at Marvel Stadium, where... Bulldogs dominated on the scoreboard, Port Adelaide dominated in the stats, and Port Adelaide got over the line by two points just in round 23. So they'll build confidence from that. Uh, but you look at these lineups, you, you see what's going on. You've got a couple of question marks over over some of the Bulldogs players, which I think will lean me over to Port Adelaide. Yeah, Pez, I think the, the key here is you look at that Western Bulldogs list, there's a lot of question marks. Port Adelaide... As a football fan, as, a, as an AFL player, one of the things that you love to see, Pez, on the Thursday night is team unchanged. Especially when you dominated a team in the last game, you won your way straight through to a prelim final. Unchanged is the magic word. But the, the thing that I would be really worried about is Stefan Martin, Pez. As you said, he hasn't played any sort of um, A-grade football and he's only been playing second, hasn't played any second tier as well to sort of um, get his match fitness up. There was question marks over Luke Beveridge's conference today. He sort of said that you know he he you know he don't doesn't think that he's got the match fitness. He doesn't think this. He doesn't think this. But then said if he's fit, he'll play. So I don't know if he'll be a laid out pairs, but you got to have concerns for him because the one of the reasons he's been missing and he's only played one game in 134 days is thanks to not one injury, not two injuries, not three pairs, but four different injuries spreading across his body. Achilles, shoulder, hip, and groin. That is really concerning. And you are going into a game, a very important game, probably one of the biggest ones of his career, and it's, it's it appears you're going in a little bit underdone and you're going up against the big bodies of Laddens and the Port Adelaide forward line that he's going to sort of float down and do some defence there. It's a huge, huge call for Luke Beveridge to make. Yeah, geez, Stefan Martin sounds like me. Uh, <laughs> with the amount of injuries, no, I'll get up off he, the he's couch. Good and, foot, uh, he's good at football, Pez. There's a big difference. I'll, I'll, I'll dislocate my shoulder getting off the couch. <laughs> but, um, yeah, Stefan Martin, big, big worry. And you, you're thinking, well, you're suggesting watching that press conference, so a little bit of mind games could be 
on the cards here where Stefan Martin's named in, where Port Adelaide have to go and plan for him, put in the time, and then uh, a laid out and Lewis Young straight back in, you think it may be. It's an interesting one, Pez. I don't know why you would name him. There was some suggestions that he might be put on there just to run out and until he is not no longer, like he runs out the game, goes maybe about 80%, and then they bring on the sub. So they use him as a bit of a person to run with him and just bang bodies with Laddins and, and until he's sort of you know done. But I, I don't know why you would name him if he's not fit and it's a ruckman that your structure is going to be around and then to ha- withdraw him. It throws a whole range of different spanners in the work that you could be playing mind games, Fez. But if we're talking it from a planning point of view, Ken Hickley's not going in with a backup plan. He looks at this and he looks at the history and he goes, you know what, this is the one scenario which I think is going to happen, but here's my backup scenario. No, oh, they're going to be over-planned. They're going to have everything, mm-hmm. every angle done. And, and Port Adelaide, you know, they've had heartbreak before in prelims with a lot of players on this list. But you look at all the players on the sides and some really important players as well. They're still a young side. They've got uh, Carl Amon, Zach Butters. Uh, you've got Willem Drew in the middle, with, which I'm looking forward to. And I hope Willem Drew and Tom Liberatore are around the ball because that's going to be absolutely massive, those little contests in there and the tackles that happen. I was really impressed with Port Adelaide for one of the first times this year in week one of the finals because their pressure was elite. It was one of the best things that I could watch. And because of the pressure up the ground, um, Geelong had to bomb the ball up forward and guess who was there? It was a Lira Lear all day long. So you've got Norton who's, who's down there. They need to make these players, Bailey Smith, Lockie Hunter, Jack McRae, they need to put them under so much pressure that they're bombing the ball forward. So Lira Lear is in the perfect position to intercept that ball and then they've got back going the other way. I mentioned Carl Amon and Zach Butters. You want them kicking it inside the 50. Maybe Ollie Wines will, will be doing that as well. You've got so many scoring opportunities for this Port Adelaide side. And the only downfall for them that I can see is their form from earlier in the year when they couldn't beat the top eight side source. But they proved they beat Geelong. They didn't just beat them. They absolutely dominated them that day. You've got Charlie Dixon up forward who, you know, sometimes he plays a little cameo role where he's, he's the distraction. He's just a big body. He doesn't care if he touches a footy or not. He doesn't care if he kicks two or three or one or zero as long as they win the game. You've got Todd Marshall. Probably needs to stand up. Probably most pressure it will be on him. You've got Robbie Gray, who's an absolutely elite set shot at goal as well. So if he can get uh, off the chain and, and get a couple of marks on that lead inside forward 50, you know it'll be money. Connor Rosie, who's become a known goal kicker. Travis Boak is going to have a couple of pings. You've got Ollie Wines there. You've got Dersma who can float up forward and kick goals. There's just so many avenues for this Port Adelaide club. Down in defence. Tom Jonas, who's got the big body. Alira Lear will come in from the side. Ryan Burton's been really impressive as well. Uh, with his intercept marking and, and field kicking as well. There's so many positives to look at. So many positive pairs, and you didn't even really go into detail about their elite midfield that they've got at the moment, and, you know, potential, all a lot of the uh, the bookies have the Brownlow favourite. Ali Wines has had probably the best month of footy that you'll see in a long time, averaging 33 disposals and a goal over the last month, Pez, and that, that is huge. You've got old father time in Boke. Last time they played, he racked up 31 disposals, two goals, three, and, of course, Robbie Gray loves a couple of snags, Pez. He's been in ripping form as well. I, I, and the other positive for, for Port Adelaide, Pez, Alex Keith, last time he played, he held Charlie Dixon goalless, and over the last month of uh, Alex Keith playing, he's only conceded three goals against those key forwards, and he's out. So Charlie Dixon would be licking his lips because not only is he going to have you know the key um, position player not playing against him, the Western Bulldogs going to have to shuffle around. So whereas he normally is the decoy, he's now playing on the second or third string player, and he's going to be licking his chops there, Pez. I think. 
mate, that's a, that's a massive weakness at the moment and the, and the biggest loss for mine, which is why I, I think Port Adelaide win this game. Uh, you've got Ryan Gardner, who's, you know, he, he played a good final. Uh, and you've got Zane Cordy who's coming back in, which uh, you, you're not too sure about or, of how he's going to be able to perform at, in this high-pressure situation in a prelim final. Um, I didn't even mention Fantasia, who, you know, fit after getting that knock to the nose uh, the other week and getting subbed off. Uh, he, he's, he's ready to go. Uh, he's named on the interchange bench and ready to go. I'm thinking the, the one part of Port Adelaide's list that I don't really like is Peter Laddams. So he can, he can get on fire and he can be a second-tier ruckman and, and do some things up forward. I think the one thing is they could be a little bit too tall with Marshall, Dixon, Lysette, Laddams, and then the Bulldogs can take advantage with the run from, from the back line. I think that's the only avenue where I can see a weakness and uh, the Bulldogs could take advantage of it. Yeah, and that's what uh, – the, if the Western Bulldogs are going to compete in this game, Pearson, I tend to agree that uh, – Port Adelaide sort of, if you put them on paper, they dominate the three key areas of the game. They, they, they dominate in terms of the ruck midfield combination, their back line is strong, and their forward line, they've got so many avenues to kill you. But if we look at the game style for the Western Bulldogs and what has been successful over the last, well, probably the whole year actually, is that over-possession, run and gun, run at all costs, high accountability football for your defender. And that is one thing that Port Adelaide play that same sort of style. So this game could just be a back and forth and whoever gets um, gets on, you know, gets control of the ball and makes less mistakes wins. Last time they played pairs, Port Adelaide didn't score off any Western Bulldogs turnovers. They conceded no goals off turnovers. So if the Western Bulldogs don't turn it over, they're a good chance to really, really, you know, um, pump up and, and win the game because... They control the ball pairs, they look after the football, and if they can keep possession of it and run and run at all costs, they will set them up for success. We, we did worry last week and the week before where their goals are going to come from, but pairs, we need to stop worrying about that because they find avenues to score, they find ways to score. Cody Waitman's a huge out for them. Bontempelli coming in a little bit underdone, a little bit injured is another big doubt for them because you know he's been one of their goal kickers, but... You like to see big players, a potential Brownlow, you know, going Brownlow medalists going head to head here, pairs in Ollie Wines and Bontepelli. This is going to be an absolute superstar start. Sorry, a star-studded game. And what I like, Pez, if and I don't really like the Bulldogs, but what I like is we've seen this before when their backs against the wall. The Bulldogs overperform, and everyone keeps talking that this final series has been like, oh, you know, it's going back to 2016. No, it hasn't. But right now, Pez, they're going into a home ground that they're not familiar with. They've got everyone against them. They've got injuries, back against the wall, nothing to lose mentality. That is scary. It is scary. And the other thing that's scary for me is Bontempelli with the little, you know, PCL or a little bit of a knee injury. He's a dangerous forward. And uh, I think without Josh Bruce, without Cody Waitman, he needs to play a, a lot of the game up forward and, and kick a, you know, a handful in order for the Bulldogs to have a shot to win this game as well. Uh, I don't want to write them off completely or anything, but uh, I do think Port Adelaide are going to be too strong. Uh, the, their midfield has run, but the, if Port Adelaide put the you know 80% of the amount of pressure they put on against Geelong, uh, they win the game pretty easily, I think. Yeah, Pez, uh, and obviously different styles of game. With a slower game, it's a lot easier to apply pressure and a lot of able to sort of, you know, crowd the areas where the players are going to be and that obviously when the game is slowed down, they force turnovers. But Pez, the Western Bulldogs last time didn't turn it over that much um, because they do sort of run that 
um, that cannonball sort of, sort of style, Pez, where it's just run and gun. They run inside and outside. They weave it in and out. Similar to Melbourne with less sort of uh, less kicking, basically. They, wear, they weave in and out. They run the angles. And they have got a fair bit of pace coming in there, Pez. The inclusion of Joe Johannesson uh, coming you know, off, you know, no longer a medical sub, adds a nice little bit of extra run for them as well. Wouldn't be surprised if he sneaks up forward and snags a couple just for getting out the back. Yeah, well, I think you've hit the nail on the head with their key to success and what they need to do. They need to run the ball in. Uh, and get that short kick going inside 450. You don't want to be bombing it with a Lear Lear. Um, I, I look at the semi final last week and I've rewatched it again. And I think Brisbane Source last week, they had so many opportunities going forward. Mm-hmm. They moved the ball so easily against the Western Bulldogs last week. And then they just broke down when they were going inside their forward 50, whether it be a missed kick turnover. There wasn't, you know, the amount of intercept marks happening, but just the, the kicking of Brisbane really let them down with uh, them going forward. But they broke through very, very easily. So I think Port Adelaide will put the pressure on. They'll be able to go through the Bulldogs' defence fairly easily and they don't have to worry about those two. uh, Alex Keith, who's been a really good uh, fullback. And in the last month, uh, if there was only a four-week All-Australian side, he'd probably be the fullback. Yeah, I really love that point, Pez. As good as uh, you know the game was last week, Brisbane Lions uh, definitely lost that game and the Western Bulldogs didn't win that game. The, the Brisbane Lions had so many opportunities and as you said, going forward, that was the only thing, that, the only area of the game that they really stuffed up is they allowed the Bulldogs to look really good defensively and you know maybe some people can put it to, well, they had the structures there to, to you know compete them and force those turnovers. As you said, Alex Keith, a huge out. And that back line is going to be in a little bit of disarray. Yeah, definitely. And uh, so I'm guessing we're both going, uh, well, tipping Port Adelaide. You can you can tip someone and go for someone else if you want. But uh, I actually want Port Adelaide to win as well because I've got a couple of Western Bulldogs mates and, uh, you know, probably listening to the show, but stuff the Bulldogs. Uh, you already won your premiership. Uh, you, you know, you know me. I'll go for the interstate sides if my side's not in it. So Port Adelaide's my only hope. Yeah, Pez, and everyone knows my thoughts on the Bulldogs. I can't stand the Bulldogs. And, uh, yeah, I, don't, I actually don't mind the mantra of going for the interstate side, Pez, because, obviously, I think that we match up uh, We match up quite well against uh, both sides. Obviously, we had a bad game the first week against Port Adelaide. But I like Port Adelaide's list, Pez. There's a lot of players in there that I'd like to see get a premiership in terms of Travis Boak, Charlie Dixon. I'd love to see him get one. The big, he, Could you imagine him in uh, the celebrations after, Pez? Oh, big Charlie Dixon. Oh. I don't think I don't think the world's ready for it. Oh, that's why I want it, Pez. If Geelong <laughs> don't make it and Port Adelaide do, I would love to see a wild, unleashed Charlie Dixon. We've seen the angry side, Pez. I'd love to see the celebration side. Put your um, I don't know, your, your coach's hat on or whatever. You're coaching Geelong. You you're going to win this week and you're playing in the grand final. You get to hand pick the team you want to play to give you the best chance to win. Do you play against Port Adelaide or do you play against the Bulldogs? Uh, like the Bulldogs, the list that they've put up this week? Oh, well, they've got two weeks to get those other players, right, don't they? I mean, I'd probably go with, I'd probably go with the Western Bulldogs. I, I, think, I think, actually, if you look them on paper, they, their game style matches up a lot better against ours. Uh, I but think one of my favourite things to see would be um, your reaction if Geelong lost the grand final to the no, Western Bulldogs. No, wow. I would not want to play the Western Bulldogs. If, if we're looking at just <laughs> just uh, you know, the, you know, the actual emotion side attached to it, I could not survive, Pez. I could not survive if I had to hear about those Footscray flogs talk about them beating the Cats. So we don't have to worry about that, Pez, because as we've said, we've spoken through it and Port Adelaide are going to get the chocolates in this one.
All right, I'm going to put our money where our mouth is then, I guess. Uh, here we go. I've got a three-leg same-game multi-source. I've got under 184.5 points in the alternate points. I've got over 129 points in the alternate points. Uh, and I've got the Western Bulldogs handicap source plus 42.5 because I don't think Port Adelaide are going to uh, they're going to blow them out. And I couldn't get any value on the Port Adelaide alternate line. I think it's going to be close. It was a toss-up between the power, 1-39, to and a big Bulldogs plus. So I put the Bulldogs plus in there. Gets me $2.32, boosted odds at Neds, and 25 on it. Totally disagree, Pez. I think this game is going to open up early, and once the nail is in the coffin, uh, Port Adelaide are going to drive it home. And I think the the line of minus 15.5 is absolute mincemeat. That's going to be blown out in the first quarter. I've gone a three-league same-game multi. Port Adelaide minus 15.5. As I said, I think that is extremely good value. Charlie Dixon to kick two or more with no Alex Keith. And our man, Pez, Carl Amon to get 20 or more disposals. I've put 25 on that one at 340 with Neds. And just to salute exactly what I'm saying about them dominating from start to finish, I've gone Port Adelaide wire to wire. So deleted every quarter, $2.20, and I've put 25 on that one as well. Well, there you go. My second bet here, I've got Connor Rosie because I think there'll be a lot of work put into, you know, big Charlie over there. Connor Rosie to pop up for two plus goals. I like his odds there. Uh, Robbie Gray, to kick a goal. Big prelim, big moment. Robbie Gray stands up. And Marcus Bontempelli with the thoughts of he's going to play more percentage of game time up in the forward line. And he kicked 0-3 last week. I think he can get a snag if he plays. Um, that's uh, Can you press the cheeky button for me? Cheeky! Oh, that's, a, that's a misclick. That is a misclick. The cheeky there. The odds of that source, $7.32, boosted with Ladbrokes. Cheeky turn on it. Cheeky 10. I like it, Pez. I like it. Uh, very, very possible, Pez. And in all those scenarios, all those people kicking goals. Port Adelaide looking good. <laughs> three, three goals to one. Port Adelaide Bulldogs there. Hey, there we go. That's a win. That's a win. Uh, Pez. <laughs> yeah, that is, it's a really interesting one, this game, Pez. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to it, but I do think that Port Adelaide are going to be way too strong. And maybe it's a little bit hopeful as well that uh, I don't have to hear about uh, anyone from the Western Bulldogs <laughs> talking about another 2016 miracle. All right. Uh, prelim finals footy. Uh, there's the two preview sources, and I can't wait to get into it and watch these two on the couch at home all alone because uh, we are in lockdown. But um, I've also got... The, the next one, we've got our multi-source. I'm guessing your multi is going to be your cheeky, so I'm going to go through mine first. I've got a mixed multi, same-game multis across both games here. So, first game, I've got Zach Tui to have 20-plus disposals. I've gone the total game points to be over 120.5. I've got Jeremy Cameron to slot two goals. I've got Geelong Cats plus 39.5. And I've got the total game points to be under 150.5. So it's got to be between 121 and 150. So pretty on on, on the money there. Uh, in the next game, my same game multi, which is also added into that, I've got Port Adelaide to win 1 to 39 points. I've got their total game points over 119.5. I've got Marcus Montempelli, an anytime goal scorer. And I've got Bailey Smith on the wing to have 20 plus disposals as well. All up. Gets me odds of $24.67, and I'll put $10 on that one as well. I like that, Pez, and you are correct, Pez. I have gone with something a little bit... Uh, Cheeky! ...for my bet. It is a very similar sort of um, 
setup pairs. It is a couple of same game multis across the two games, and I've just sort of loaded everything on it. I've gone with um, so much so that I can't even uh, couldn't even screenshot into the one um, <laughs> the one photo there, Pez. So I can't wait for the media manager to get a hold of this one. I've gone in the Melbourne Geelong game. Patrick Dangerfield to get twenty. Zach Tui to get twenty. Joel Selwood to get twenty. Sam Menegola to get twenty. And Max Gorn to get 15. Isaac Smith to get 20. And then in the Port Adelaide Western Bulldogs game, Tom Liberatore to get 15. Carl Amon to get 15. And Ollie Wines pairs to have a massive 30 disposals. That gets me odds. uh, They're actually pretty low pairs. I was a a little bit disappointed. (laughs) This is (laughs) $5.80 in that one. uh, And I've whacked 25 on that. But Pez, uh, when so you, many legs. But when you oh, go over to Ned's Pez, all the what I like about Ned's is that they include the fifteen and twenty disposals, and like Max Gorn to get fifteen is a dollar. Tom Liberatore to get fifteen is a dollar. Carl Amon to get fifteen is a dollar. So it's a lot of very very short margins there, Pez, and I was boosting it up cent by cent as we went. Yeah, I, I think uh, lads and Ned's have the the same issue there. When you when you look at it on your bet slip source. It actually says, it just says it on my bet slip as well, like alternate points over 120.5, it says it's at $1. It's obviously not at $1. Some of those will be $1.01 odds or $1.02 and things like that, uh, a little bit different. But for whatever reason, the algorithm doesn't work when you put it in the multi and have a look at your bet slip after that. But uh, very enjoyable uh, bet slip. That, that's all. You got no surprises for us. Not another one sitting there somewhere. No extra surprises, Pez. No surprises at all. The only surprise we've got is a uh, coin toss. It was a toss of the coin. That fight wins the toss. Yes, it's been an unusual uh, year for coin tosses. All right, Pez, it is your <laughs> second was, last opportunity. Was... ready to go. I was going to say, Sauce, you've got, last week, there was no live bet from you. No, there wasn't. Like, I, I don't know what you're doing, but you're dis- disappointing people because, you know, you were the ninja with your phone in the air with the live bets in week one, and then you just, you know, didn't even see you on socials. Oh, on if you look to my Instagram, Pez, I uh, demolished a bottle of Captain Morgan and I was in no state at all to, to gamble with the, the state I was in, Pez. Uh, so definitely Mate, why would not I look at your Instagram? I don't know. Tell me why I would do that. Fan of the show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, fair enough. Uh, a bottle of captain will do that to you. Lucky you weren't near your phone then, or your ROI would have uh, plummeted. You might have been going on yes. the uh, under 14s Japanese baseball or something. Uh, all right, is that still going during COVID? Actually, oh, no, Pez. We should we should uh, get going next time. Uh, next time we're allowed to actually catch up. We should do the the random bet where you just call up sports bet and just quote three different things, <laughs> <laughs> quote three different uh, letters for their live bets. That's the best. We've, we've only ever done that once, and our ROI is actually positive because the bet was, came off. It was a good win. It was a good win. The only problem was we couldn't watch it, and I think it was like ping pong in, uh, in Russia or something. We oh no, it was soccer, soccer in the, Russia. The best thing about that is work, you watch it. You say the two little codes and they go, they sound a little bit confused and they're like, oh, so you want to put um, 50 bucks on uh, this, this? And you're like, yeah, sure. Yep, that's what I want to do. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, uh, the, the sports bet people, when they must hear these live bets sometimes, they must, and especially because obviously we'd had a couple of pints, Pez, and uh, it's probably slurring our words a little bit. It's like, yes, uh, AB, so you want to do on, you know, Papa Slaghi of uh, Russia to win three, two, uh, two. Uh, yes, mate, that's exactly what I want to do. <laughs> 
Oh, unbelievable. Now, we look at the total score source. You sit on 97. I sit on 95 because uh, we both got the one point last week. I should have, uh, you know, gone the other way with the with the Bulldogs there, but I couldn't do it. So this week, I've got to catch up two points on you. So we've only got three games left. So we'll see what, we'll see what we do here. All right, Pez. Uh, for the first one, we have Melbourne Geelong and the line is 11 and a half. And I'm going to go with the Cats at 11 and a half. Mm. All right, I'll decide who I'm going after the next game. <laughs> That's how it works, Bez. No, it works. no, we're not changing the rules, mate. It is quick and, you know, precise. So get get your tip out. All right, Melbourne. Oh, here we go. Port Adelaide and Western Bulldogs. I'm going with the power, minus 15 and a half. Oh, yeah. Come on, make it a make it a make make it done, done and dusted. <laughs> this could be it, Pez. I could have have it. I could have it tied up here. Uh, well, I could have it all tied up and win the whole thing, or you could have it all tied up, and we could be going for the grand final. Absolute. Ooh. That would be that would be a great finale. So I hope uh, I hope you're wrong because I had Geelong uh, plus five plus seven, eleven and a half. So <laughs> <laughs> I hope you're wrong you're and you're eliminated. But uh, it could be up for an interesting finish, Pez. All right, we'll go from there. Um, one more day in the in the work week, and uh, we have finals footy, prelim finals footy, which is my favourite. So, can't wait for both of these games, uh, and I can't wait to wait another two weeks after that for the grand final source. So we'll we'll have another show, and we'll review the we'll review the prelims early next week, uh, and we'll go from there. So, all done and dusted. How are you feeling? Feeling great, Piers. I can't wait to review next week and review the demons and the dogs and get them out. Get them out and do for uh, seasons over, and then I can't wait to have our Brownlow show, which I'm really excited for as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll we'll see if that happens. I'm tipping maybe not. We'll, uh, we'll see. What you happens. can't catch that one All on right. the line, Pez. <laughs> I'm Pez. Peace out. I'm still Sauce. We'll catch up next time.